Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I like to talk about teaching, whether it's stories and ideas from my own classrooms or lessons I've learned from other educators. I just love to explore ways to help students grow and thrive in school but also for their educators to thrive as well. And so that's what this podcast is. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom? All right, hi everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I am here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I am recording this on the same day it's published, hopefully, as long as I'm a quick editor. Uh, on February 28th, the final day of, wait, is it a leap year? Hold on, we're just going to do a quick, I'm pretty sure it's a leap year. Yeah, hey, on the second, the last day of February, just checking in with you, yesterday here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where I live, it was a record 73 degrees. It was the warmest February day on record in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It was so warm that in the afternoon, I went fly fishing. I went and stood in a river with a with short sleeve shirt. Didn't catch a darn thing, but who cares? I stood outside in a river in February, and it was glorious. And then today, it's 25 degrees and snowing. So uh, yesterday, we had a record warm day. And then today is just a record dreary day out there. But that's OK, because I'm in a nice, warm, cozy podcast room at the public library where I live. And we're recording a podcast. And we're going to dive into some stuff. And so it's all good. But that being said, I can't wait for spring, because this, this 25 degree snow after 73 degrees and sunny, it wears down on you a little bit. So I want to I want to talk about holding high expectations for students. Um, before we do that, I just want to share with you, I've got a new book coming out this summer with, that I co-wrote with my good friend, John Spencer. It's called The New Teacher Mindset, and I cannot wait for you to read it. It's it's just all about having a fresh mindset and idea uh, and ideas and practices as we approach teaching in this time that we live in. Um, it's not getting rid of the stuff that works. It's finding ways to pivot when we need to, to adapt the stuff that works. To, to hold on to the practices we know work while also adding new things to our tool belt to reach students and engage them um, in school. So that'll be coming out in July, but the pre-order is now available. So I will make sure to put that in the show notes if you want to check that out. Uh, I'll tell you more about that book as we get closer to the release, but I'm just so excited. The cover is up. It's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble to pre-order. So if you want to just go look at it, uh, I think it's, it's a pretty gorgeous little books. I can't wait for you to read it. And it's actually not that little. It, we uh, worked on it for years and it's like 270 pages. So it's a big old thick book. Um, and uh, I can't wait for you to see it. Uh, so I want to talk about high expectations for students. And I want to start with a little story from when I was a junior in high school. I had this teacher when I was uh, in high school and she was so tough. I mean, she was abs. She was like a 
what's the term she was like pharaoh and and she just maybe that's not the best way to she was so hard on us she made or me especially i felt like she would she just demanded perfection from me around every single bend we had to do like mla formatting and if i misplaced a comma if i didn't capitalize the right word she would make me redo the entire assignment she would make me stay after class and she would sit there and go over every single little detail in my writing she was my english teacher and she just like was just punishing about it and all the time uh, it, it felt like she, she just never relented with me and and i would turn and work that i really felt like i gave my very best effort i'm like okay I, I was like ralphie on the christmas story i'd be like oh i can't wait for her to read my piece on wanting a red rider bb gun and then she gives me a c plus right like that was this teacher i'd put in my very best effort and she said nope it's not there yet. Try again, try again, try again. And it was absolutely maddening. And, and I'll tell you what, for most of junior year, I had this, I, I felt like she had something out for me. Like I, I, I would often be asked to come after school and work on my writing with her. And then I would leave these meetings with her with twice as much homework as everybody else. She would give me extra things to do. And, and I would go and tell my mom about it. And she'd say, sorry, you got to do what your teacher says. And so I'd do all this extra work. And I was convinced she had it out for me. I, and, and I couldn't figure out why she was so tough on me and i remember by the end of that year just so thankful that i was done in her class and i had the opportunity to take her class my senior year of high school and i opted out of it because it was just too much i was like this this woman hates me why would i want to keep being in her class well what's interesting my friends is uh, I, when I graduated high school, I went to college and I went on to become a creative writing major. And, and, and since uh, that teacher's class, I've written and published three different books. And I have a deep, deep love for reading and writing. And I have a deep love for trying to make my writing as good as I possibly can. Maybe not the rough drafts, but you know, when I write something and I put it out into the world I want it to be excellent and I don't always hit that mark but I really strive for that and I swear to you 20 years later after that class that I took in high school I owe so much of my love for writing my love for reading but then also the detail and the effort that I put into it I owe so much of it to that teacher and what's you know i look at this and i'm like man wait a minute so she didn't actually hate me right she didn't actually have it out for me what instead she had was this eye for potential right she saw in me the potential of a great writer of somebody who could really excel and be good at it and and she saw the joy i had for it but she also saw the gaps i had she saw that i wasn't very disciplined that i that i could use pushing and so she pushed me and sometimes she pushed me right to the edge where i wanted to be like no i don't want to do it at all anymore but she always knew where that line was and she pushed me and pushed me and pushed me and through that process she helped craft me into the writer that i am into the worker that i am into the teacher that i am into the the human that i am it, it went so much beyond just my writing and and i think so much of that is because she saw potential and she knew that she, i could only achieve that potential with discipline and I could only learn that discipline if she held high expectations for me. She had high expectations for me and she did not let me wiggle on that.
And, you know, and that is a tough line to draw as a teacher for a number of reasons. And I think one of the reasons that's a tough line to draw is because it's hard to know where where is that breaking point? How far can we push students um, without burning them out and knowing where that line is? You know, I thought like, oh, yeah, she pushed me too far. But obviously not. I can tell you just so many instances in my life where I've drawn back to the wisdom that I gained from that teacher in high school. And it's like, all right, well, clearly it didn't burn me out. I, I left her class as a better writer. I left her class as somebody who wanted to become a creative writing major. Um, I, I used the skills she taught me years later to write my own books and write my own blog and write outlines for podcasts and write scripts for videos. Like I learned so much from her and so it's like she knew where that line was but that is that's a difficult thing to know where that line is you know I say to new teachers all the time like sometimes you just have to learn these lessons you have to gain this knowledge through experience it requires wisdom and wisdom comes from experience and that might mean sometimes you push students too far and you have to learn how to draw back you have to learn to apologize um, but it, that's part of the struggle with this is holding these high expectations is knowing how high can I hold these expectations um, but then the other realistic side of it and we've talked about on this talked about this on the podcast before is you know, sometimes this makes you not your favorite, makes you, you're not your student's favorite teacher, right? Like this, this teacher is a very kind woman and, and I've reached out to her. She's retired now. I've reached out to her since. Uh, and, and it turns out she follows some of the stuff I do. And I was able to tell her like, hey, so much of the stuff I do is because of you. It was because of the work and the high expectations you held for me. And you better believe she loved hearing that. And it's like, cause it's true. Um, but then they're also like mixed with that is this bittersweetness, at, at least on my end. It's like, ah, oh, I wish I would have been able to tell you that 20 years ago. Or I wish I could have, I could have appreciated the effort you put in for me 20 years ago, right? Like this, this teacher was not my favorite teacher. In fact, she was my least favorite teacher that year. And, and, and that's because sometimes teachers have to deliver a bad tasting medicine, right? Like sometimes we can't be our student's favorite teacher. Sometimes they're not going to love our decisions. They're not going to love these high expectations we have for them. And we just sometimes have to swallow that and say, okay, I'm, they might not like me for this, but I feel this conviction that this is the best thing for them, that these high expectations are worth it. And if I don't hold them and I don't say stay consistent, they're not going to achieve what their potential is. You know, I once, uh, I, I was teaching a class of high school seniors and I had this one student in class who I had this really strong relationship with. And, you know, I, I just loved to talk to him in the morning and he loved to share stuff about his life and he was somebody who struggled in a lot of his other classes and he was doing pretty good in mine though like and I think a lot of that has to do with the relationship I had with him um, and and so we had that I had a great rapport with this kid and and it was really about like hey let's get your grade up let's get you out of high school you can do this you can pass my class and I had these expectations for him and, and he was meeting them in a lot of different ways and then one day uh, and the kids are all working and I see this kid take his sleeve and put it up to his mouth um, and then all of a sudden I saw some like white smoke coming out of his sweatshirt I was like what in the world is going on and, and, and you already know what this is don't you at least secondary teachers you know what, I'm, what you know what it's coming here and so I was like well this is strange and this was back in like 2016 when this story happened 
Um, and so this was kind of a new experience for me here. And so I kind of kept watching him and then I watched him do it again. He'd put his sleeve up to his mouth and then all of a sudden I'd see little bits of white vapor come out of his sweatshirt and that's when it clicked for me. Oh, this kid is vaping in the middle of my class. Like he, he's, he's literally smoking in his desk. And so I walked up to him. I said, hey, meet me out in the hallway, please. He's like, why? I said, I, I need you to meet me out in the hallway. And so he meets me out in the hallway and he knows what's coming. I said, hey, I just caught you vaping in my class. And he's like, no, I did. And I said, yeah, you did. Don't lie to me. Like you, you know that I wouldn't lie to you. I expect the same from you. And he says, okay, you're right. I was doing that. I was like, that can't happen in here. I need you to give me the vape and then I need you to head down to the office. He's like, come on, Mr. Muir, like, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. I was like, well, then you shouldn't have done it. He's like, I'm not going to be able to play football on Friday. And, and he gives me this whole line about how like, I can't do this to him. And, and he says this thing about like, come on, well, you know, we're close. Like, you know, I won't do it again. And like, I didn't think that you would turn me in like this. And like, and, but I could see it on his face and I don't think I warranted it. But like, I saw like a look of betrayal on his face. Like, he's like, you betrayed me, Mr. Muir. How, how can you turn me in? And I followed through with it. I said, I turned him in. Of course I did. And I sent him down to the office and he got in trouble and he didn't play football that Friday. And it was a whole thing. And he was ticked at me for a while after this. He, he, he really felt like, oh, you betrayed me. And it's like, I, at one point I had to sit him down like, hey, listen, I understand you're upset about this. I really do. Like, it's no fun getting in trouble, but your decisions have consequences. And I know we're tight and I want to continue to, 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 to talk with you and have this relationship. But listen, I have high expectations for you and I'm not wiggling on them because I know that you're better than this. I know that you can wait for this type of thing. I know that you can have more discipline than what, than what you've shown in my classroom. Um, and so no, I'm not gonna wiggle on this. Um, and you know, it, by articulating that to him, helping him understand my reasoning, that absolutely helped. And you know, I heard from that student years later, thanking me for kicking him in the butt a little bit. And that's usually the story, by the way. Sometimes it takes time for, for us to realize when the, when the bad tasting medicine was actually good for us, right? Like th that's what it was with this teacher. It took me a long time to realize like, oh, her pushing me, her high expectations, that was actually good for me. That's what I needed. I needed discipline. I didn't need a lovey-dovey teacher from her. I didn't need somebody uh, who, who is just going to heap me with praise all the time. I needed some constructive criticism. I needed somebody to give me some extra work. I needed somebody to show that, hey, I am going to give you constructive criticism, but I'm also going to support you along the way. I'm not going to just tell you what you need to do and then just send you off to do it alone. No, I'm going to support you. I'm going to have your back. I'm going to continue to be there consistently as you continue to grow. And that's what she did. And that's what I did with that student. And that's what I would recommend we all do is find a way to hold high expectations for our students to let them know that, no, I expect better from you. And I know you're capable of it. And I'm going to support you as we get that, go along the way and do this. Um, and so that, that, that's the sum of it all. And I think there's a number of ways we can do this well. Uh, I think one, it really does start with having relationships with our students, helping them know like, hey, I am on your side. 
I, I, I have these, I have this relationship with you. So you know that that is there. And so now I'm going to take advantage. Well, not take advantage. That sounds terrible. Now I'm going to, I'll put it this way. I saw Zaretta Hammond, um, the researcher. She calls, you know, the ideal educator, she calls it a warm, a warm demander. So she says a, a, the ideal educator is a warm demander. It's somebody who focuses on building strong relationships with students, but then draws on the wellspring of trust to hold students to high standards, which leads to deep engagement in class and all the, all the content and subject matter and everything that they need to do in the class. So it's somebody who focuses on building strong relationships and then draws on that wellspring of trust to hold students to high standards. And I think that's what the call to action is for all teachers. I think sometimes we think of as of relationships as, oh yeah, it's a way to be kind, or it's fun, or it's, it's nice, or it's like, yeah, those things are all true. Of course, it's good to be kind, and it's good to have relationships with people. We're, we're human beings. We're a communal creature, of course, but also there's, there, there's something much bigger than that. Right, like I, I like to think of it as proactive classroom management, and I write about this in the book. Is and uh, you know how do we proactively create relationships and a climate and a structure and a culture where students feel trusted and supported, and then because of that, we're going to see less classroom management issues. We're going to see deeper engagement. We're going to see students who are more willing to do the hard work of school because they're in a place that they feel trusted and they feel warm and safe, and therefore have the space and capacity to go and do the work that's asked of them, right? And so I think that's part of it is building those relationships with students. I also think it's really important that we balance praise and constructive criticism. You know, there's loads of research that shows that when we give praise first and then follow it with constructive criticism, we are much more receptive to that criticism we are given. And that's why I always teach students to use likes and wonders language, saying, hey, I like this about your work, and I wonder what we can do to actually improve it. And actually teaching students to use that language as well when we're giving feedback to each other. Ooh, I like the font you chose for our poster. I wonder if we should use a different color. Or I like the way that you introduced your essay. I wonder if you could give more evidence. I wonder if we can tighten up the grammar a bit. Because when that happens, it's like, okay, it's not just heaping criticism on me. I also, there's, there, there's, there's praise, there's encouragement, there's enthusiasm for what I put into the work as well. And so making sure that we're using that type of language with students. Um, but then also, I think it's so important, and I said this a moment ago, it's not enough to just criticize. It's not enough to just point out the errors in students' work. We also have to support them and make them know, or help them know that we are going to help them fix whatever needs to be fixed, right? Like I'm not just saying, hey, you, you're, you messed up all the grammar, I'm gonna circle it all, now go fix it. No, I'm, I'm circling your grammar and then I'm gonna help you get better at it, right? It's kind of tied to the idea of a growth mindset. You know, if you've ever read Carol Dweck's uh, writings on growth mindset, it's all about helping students realize that it's not about intelligence most of the time, it's about practice, it's about persistence, it's about growing, and that is actually how you solve problems. You know, Carol Dweck says that when students feel dumb, 
the solution is not to tell them that they're smart or they're not smart, but to make them feel as though being smart or dumb is irrelevant to success, right? That's not what's important. It's about, can you keep moving forward? And that's what this teacher did with me in high school. She was persistent. She was over and over finding ways to help me continue to grow in my writing, grow in my reading skills, grow in my capabilities in her classroom, and, and supporting me along the way. Now, to support me, she had to be an expert, right? She was a content expert. This teacher was an expert writer. And, and she, so she had the tools and, and the skills to help me do this. Um, but then she also had this, this, this persistence, this, this unwavering expectation that she holds for me. Um, and so I think we have to really help students understand what a growth mindset is. We have to make them feel supported as, we are, are, as we're holding these um, high expectations for them. You know, I, saw, I read another uh, research study by Yeager and Cohen recently that concluded that students are more motivated to take an extra step academically when they perceive their teacher's critical feedback as a genuine desire to help. So I'm going to say that one more time because this is so, so vital. Yeager and Cohen say that students, and they did a whole bunch of different types of studies where they gave encouragement and then they gave bland encouragement to some students and really detailed encouragement to others and personalized encouragement to others as they're working on their stuff. And, and there was like um, this massive uh, correlation between detailed personalized encouragement and student success versus bland in instructions that was not uh, personalized, didn't really show support. And what they concluded is that students are more motivated to take an extra step academically when they perceive their teacher's critical feedback as a genuine desire to help. When students know, hey, they're not just giving me this feedback because the common core said so. They're not just giving this feedback because that's what you do in school, you give grades. They're not just giving me this feedback because that's their job. No, they're giving me this feedback because they care about my success. They're giving me this feedback. They're holding me to this high standard because they believe that I have the potential of achieving this standard, that I can meet these expectations. And when students know that, they rise to the occasion. And I bet you've seen this in your own classrooms. I bet you've seen it in your own life. You know, I, I see it with my own kids, uh, my children, uh, as a parent that, you know, when I can articulate why I'm disciplining them, why I'm holding them to high expectations, why, you know, like, um, we just, we preach kindness to our kids over and over and over, and we don't really waver on that. There is a high expectation to be kind, and sometimes they get frustrated. They're like, you know, my friend's parents don't make them do this. They don't make them apologize. And we hear all that, and I'm like, well, first off, how do you know what your friend's parents say? But second off, hey, that's your friend's parents. In this family, we have a high expectation for you because we know you can meet it. Right, we know that you're capable of this. And so I think we have to adopt that same mindset with our students, that I believe that you can do this. And I am here, my job, my primary purpose as an educator is to help you find success. That's academically, that, that's, that's in school, that's in social life, that's, that's in your life. I want you to find success, that's my job. And that's why I hold you to a high standard. That's why sometimes I can drive you a little crazy. That's why sometimes you might not like me very much because I'm holding you to this standard and you would rather take the easy way out, but I know that the easy way out is not always the best way out. Um, and so, yeah, I'm gonna hold high expectations for you and uh, I might not be your favorite teacher because of it, 
But if you're anything like me, someday you might realize that it was good for you. And so that teacher in high school who held me to very high standards and did not budge on them, uh, I hope you know how good you were for me in my development as a, as a writer, as a reader, as a student, as a, as a teacher, as a man, as a person, uh, you were exactly what I needed. And if you're a teacher out there, um, I, I think you're exactly what your students need as well. So be consistent, show support, um, and help them see that this is all about growth. So there you go, friends. That is it for episode, what did I say, 47? That's it for episode 47 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. If you would like to dive deeper into any of the other stuff I put out there into the world, feel free to check out trevormuir.com where I put my videos and my blog and ways to get in touch. Um, I am booking some speaking right now. Uh, a lot of stuff is filling up. I'm about full on July. have a little bit of space in June, but plenty of space in August. So feel free to reach out if you are interested in me coming your way. And uh, that's all I got. I will talk to you all soon. Thanks, friends. 